Welcome back to the Practicology Podcast, hosted by Mike and Matthew, where we try to emphasize theology and life, hearing and obeying, truth and love. As you can hear, we're all about that word and. Yeah, like sweet and sour, ham and pineapple, both okay on the pizza, by the way, mac and cheese, salt and pepper. Yes, Matthew, I'm sure Esther is looking forward to the day when you have salt and pepper hair. Not far away. Yes, well, better than hairy and bald. But the point is, some things belong together and we need to keep them together. Like our Lord's teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, for example. There he tells us to be salt and light. Matthew, can you read the text, please? Gladly. Matthew 5, verses 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Thanks, Matthew. Did you hear that, everyone? Jesus says you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world, salt and light. I live in the prairies, which are wonderfully flat. Our roads are so straight and boring that a driver might start to doze off and veer into either ditch. And that's a little bit like us as Christians. For example, in our relationship with God, some are all about intimacy with him. The Lord seems to always be speaking to them. They're saying, oh, he told me this the other day, or I just felt him whispering to me. And yet they seem to have very little appreciation for scripture. And some of us see this and the damage it can cause. And and we see this smoldering car wreck in the ditch. And so we steer the other way. And we're all about the Bible and about theology books and doctrine. But maybe... On our part, we're lacking in vitality and walk with the Lord. Well, this happens in another area in the Christian's life too, our relationship with the world. Some are all into evangelism, engaging the world, get out there, be where the people are, mix and mingle. And maybe some of these start to forget to cultivate personal holiness, and they become defiled by sin and start compromising some of the less attractive aspects of New Testament teaching and become more and more like the people they're so determined to reach. And so others see this and they steer the other direction. They're all about Bible, all about piety, separation, separation, separation. And and we get so busy going to meetings, so occupied with Christian things that we almost have no contact with the world. And, and if you were asked who your non-Christian friends are, uh, maybe you'd have a blank look on your face and no names would come to your mind. And so to help us, the Lord lays down two rumble strips on either side of the straight and narrow. And the two rumble strips are this. On the one side, you are the salt of the earth. On the other side, you are the light of the world. So that if I go in the engage with the world direction, but start compromising my beliefs and my lifestyle, bum, 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 bum. I hit the rumble strip. You are the salt of the earth. Uh, you, I need to maintain my distinctiveness. Okay, okay. So 
I need to maintain my distinctiveness. I'm going to steer towards being holy and I'm going to fill my life with, with the Lord and with Christian things. Oh, but I start neglecting my neighbor. I, I start neglecting the world and I bum, 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 I hit this rumble strip. What's this rumble strip? It's you are the light of the world. We need to be both. We need to be corralled by these two truths. Let both rumble strips keep us in the radical center. So the summary of this text perhaps could be put this way. Our Lord is calling us to be salt and light Christians for the sake of the world's needs and for the Father's glory. Our Lord is calling us to be salt and light Christians for the sake of the world's needs and the Father's glory. And, and Matthew, this teaching is so rich. I find I need three different pairs of words to draw out some of that richness. And, and here they are. Jesus is telling us, number one, we're to be separate and seen. Secondly, we're to be individual and communal. And number three, we're to be radical and ordinary. It's very good, Mike, and it's very helpful to think of those two rumble strips. That's a good guide. Uh, I just wonder if you could tease out that first one a little bit more where you said we are to be separate and seen. How can we be seen if we are being separate? Right. Well, can I take a few seconds to, to get an answer to you? Yes, please. All right. At first, the Lord's words about salt and light feel like they're coming out of the blue a little because he started the sermon by talking about the Beatitudes, remember? Those, those sayings that go like this, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Well, how did he get from all those blessings and Beatitudes to talk about salt and candles? Well, he's not like some of us who preach and we go off on tangents and poor audience can't discern any train of thought at all. No, in the Beatitudes, the Lord Jesus is teaching us his upside down way of looking at the world. It's the mourners who are blessed. It's the meek who will rule the world someday. It's those who are hungry for holiness who will be satisfied. And lastly, it's the persecuted who should rejoice because of how good they have it. So just pause on that last one, persecution. I don't know about you, Matthew, but I don't experience a ton of physical persecution. But us Christians here in North America are facing increased social persecution, cancel culture. If it was to get out in the office or the classroom that we believe Christian teaching regarding sex or money or heaven and hell or Jesus is the only way of salvation, we will be canceled, we'll be put on the shelf, we'll be totally dismissed and ignored. And so there's two ways for you and I to escape this social persecution. Number one, I can change what I believe. I can make my beliefs more amenable. I can renovate them, modernize them, update them a little bit so that the world will be okay with me. That's one option I have to escape social persecution. But the second option is, no, I, I won't change any of my beliefs, but I'll just maintain them privately, inside, in my own personal private life. So here's our options. I can either change my beliefs or I can go undercover. And the Lord says to us all, he says, neither option is legitimate for a true follower of me. Because on the one hand, you are the salt of the earth. And on the other hand, you are the light of the world. You cannot be a person at large, but a Christian in private. 
And so he corrals us into the radical center. We are to be separate and seen. Many of you are in diverse circles of life. You're in school, others in business, some in the community. Maybe you're headed towards industries or you already are in industries as diverse as the airline industry, law, healthcare, education, counseling, trades. Maybe you're part of volunteer groups or moms groups, etc. And here's the question Jesus' teaching faces us with. Are you going to be both separate and seen? Are you going to be distinctive and shine for him? As you climb higher in success, will you remain separate and seen? We all have this tendency to veer off. Some of us emphasize separation and personal holiness, but we lose touch. Others of us are really mixed in and integrated. Lots of contact with non-Christian friends and people, but we lack our Christian distinctiveness. Let's refuse either or Christianity. If you want to be a true believer, used of the Lord to make a difference in this world, then Christ calls us to be both. You know, the, the old fundamental who, who believes all that outdated, old-fashioned Christian teaching and practices it, and the integrated, permeated, outreaching Christian too, were to be both. Yeah, very good, Mike. It's good guidance on how to be balanced on these things. That balance is a word that we throw around very easily, but it's particularly important to the discussion that you're bringing to us today. But just take us a step further now. Put the practa to the theology, make it practicology, and give us an example of what this balance of salt and light might look like or separate and seen might look like in somebody's life. Yeah, I think it would be helpful to make this concrete, wouldn't it? So, so two different people come to my mind. Uh, one is a young man who left his Christian school to go to public school. Why? Because he wanted to be light to the world. And he joined a basketball team. He really wanted to be uh, a light to the world. And while he was on the bus headed towards the games, he pulled out the Bible in his backpack and started to read it. Why? Because he wanted to be salt and light. Now, this isn't the only way, please hear me out, this isn't the only way of how a Christian can be salt and light, you know, pulling out the Bible on the basketball team bus. But this is just an illustration of what it could look like. And, and the coach watched him. He, he saw this different kid and what he saw he wanted. Now, how could he see the difference? Because he was different. This young man was different and he was there. Had he just been like the rest of the boys, there would have been no difference to see. Had he been different, but not there, he wouldn't have been visible. He was, he was separate and seen. And he still is to this day. His name is Ricky Sawatsky. He's a missionary in Mexico. And still to this day, he and his wife, Erica, are being salt and light. Well, that's, that's a great, good example, isn't it? Let me think of another uh, acquaintance of mine, and I'll just try to speak very generally. I remember him being really big into studying the Bible. You know, he did the whole Greek thing and everything, the whole nine yards. And uh, he eventually got into a very public civil servant role. I'm deliberately um, being evasive here. But from my limited vantage point, he has succumbed to at least a little bit of promoting LGBTQ celebrations on social media. Now, my point in this example is not to say, you know, huh, 
look at what happens when Christians get mixed up in political roles and so on. That's not my point. My point is this, that I'm worried that in this one man's case, that in seeking to be light of the world and engaged with the world, there came a point where he crossed a threshold and said, hmm, if I'm going to be light of the world, I'm going to have to stop being salt of the earth. And again, we're faced with the question, are we going to be both? You are salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, it's good for nothing. You can be as engaged as you want. You can have tons of contacts in your social media and and all this, but, but if you've lost your taste, if you've lost your distinctive gospel beliefs and distinctive Christian lifestyle, you are useless. You're good for nothing, says the Lord. And then he says, you're the light of the world. If it's hid by a basket, it too is good for nothing. You could be so distinct, so holy, but never ever crossing paths with an unbeliever. Then as far as our Lord's purposes for the evangelism of the world, you too are not useful. We are to be utterly separate in close proximity to the world. We're to be utterly separate right under the world's nose. We're to be sensitive in our conscience, not wanting to embrace any worldly view or sinful lifestyle, and we're to hold those sensitive consciences in very close proximity to the world. Now, the rest of the Sermon on the Mount is going to unpack this further. It's going to talk about a time when someone might strike us on the face. And here's the question. Do we ever get close enough that someone could reach us with their hand to hit us? And if we do get close enough, is there anything distinctive enough about us that would make someone want to hit us? Now, Matthew, I want to be short and sweet here today. So maybe I'll leave it there and talk about the other two pairs of words, how we're to be individual and collective, radical and ordinary next time. But I don't want this episode to close with listeners thinking about all that they need to do and maybe how they failed. Can you finish by pointing us to the Lord? Yeah, that's the great thing, isn't it? We can always turn to the Lord and see the perfect model. Of course, this was his teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, and he lived it as well as preaching it. And there's a couple of examples that come to my mind readily. I mean, one is with the Samaritan woman at the well in John 4. And he testified clearly to the truth of the gospel and what his mission was. He spoke of her sin. And yet at the same time, he obviously, well, he was obviously in contact with her. Uh, he wanted to reach her. He spoke to her heart. He showed her grace. He was salt and light. Or there's the times when he... I dealt with lepers, you know, and no one else wanted to be around the leper. But the Lord Jesus, though he was pure, still touched the leper. He didn't catch the man's leprosy, but the Lord's holiness was transferred to that man in a sense. So the Lord was utterly holy and separate, and yet he came close and spoke to people and touched people and interacted with them. He was comfortable around sinners, not afraid to be around them and yet he maintained perfect purity at the same time. So he could say, John 8, I am the light of the world. And when that light came, the darkness could not overcome it, John 1, 5. Praise God. I'm so glad that he didn't just keep being holy in heaven and stay aloof, if you know what I mean. If he had, we never would have seen his grace or known his love. 
I'm also so glad that when he did come near, he didn't become defiled or infected by our sin at all. If he had, he never would have been able to save us. Of course, I believe he couldn't. He's sinless. But I just love how the Lord practiced what he preached. And Matthew, he really is the key to us being salt and light. This is a hard calling, but we need to look to the Lord. In Titus 2, Paul reminds us that Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us, to free us from all lawlessness, and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. So when I'm tempted to compromise my distinctiveness, I need to look to Christ and his cross and remember, he gave himself for me to redeem me and free me from all lawlessness and sin. So so I want to live a pure holy life for him now. But then when I'm tempted to be all turned inwards and just want to be holy and just want the church to be a holy huddle and shut out contact with the world, I need to look to Christ and his cross. And remember, he also gave himself for me to purify for himself a people who are zealous for good works. And as he taught in this Sermon on the Mount, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Excellent, Mike. I really enjoyed this study and it is so needful for us as well. And I love that line that we are to be utterly separate right under the world's nose. That's a a good way of presenting that balance of salt and light and separate and seen. So thank you so much for bringing this to us. Thank you, listeners, for joining us again for another episode of the Practicology Podcast. And we hope that you will stay with us in these next few episodes as we share a few other thoughts with you from the Sermon on the Mount. Thank you, Mike, for your teaching today. You're welcome, Matthew. And just a quick thank you to Allison too. She continues to manage our social media and uh, podcast posting for us. So she's a big part of the team and we want to thank her. Remember everyone, you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Amen. May the Lord bless you all.